name is Sherry Wilson, and I'm here to fill your ears with the best business content I can give you while you work out, commute, clean your house. Anything to help you work your biz like a boss. Hey guys, welcome to this week's training. I am Sherry Wilson, the owner of Genius Communication, the place for all things business. And today we are finishing up my story of paying off $56,000 of debt fast. And this is another chapter where I share a lot about my faith in Jesus in the context of paying off my debt. And like the other episode, I believe it was episode two, where I also shared a lot about my faith. I'd love it if those of you that are my friends, but maybe you're not of the same faith, stay with this episode as well, because I guarantee there are good things that will help you in it. So we've come full circle. We're back at where this story started in chapter one on my couch, receiving the news that I'd not have any money coming in for another month. Before I'd received the phone call, I had learned something in my Bible study And I had no idea how impactful it would be. The day before, I was having what I call my study day or Jesus day. I've been doing this since 1998, and it's a day where I study the Bible, I'll watch or listen to teachings, and usually take naps. I was looking over the passage in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, where Paul discussed an offering he was taking for believers in Jerusalem. He was instructing them on how to take up the offering so it was ready for pickup. He was also encouraging them in a really simple idea. Sow a little, get a little. And of course, opposite is true. He then talked about how God loves a cheerful giver and is ready to give that giver all that is needed to be generous and satisfied, including bread to eat and more seed to sow. Now, I've heard this passage a hundred times in church settings, but this time I was reading it more carefully and in a translation called the Passion Translation, which I'm going to quote here in just a second. As I was reading, I just felt this gut feeling, uh, this leading, what I call the Holy Spirit, highlighting for me to look up the word poor in verse 9, which I thought was probably the usual word for poor in the Greek and Hebrew languages, which is beggarly or destitute. I was shocked to discover, and I'm paraphrasing, that this word actually means a believer who is working for a living but needs an extra hand of help. And I was stunned because, again, I'd only learned of this passage from church settings where it was said and prayed before taking up an offering. Now, I saw that Paul was referring to helping other Christ followers who are working, but they need some help. Now, with that, I reread this passage, so let me quote it in its fullness. Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overcome you with every form of grace, so that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment, and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do, just as the scriptures say about the one who trusts in him. Because he has sown extravagantly and given to the poor, his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. 
This generous God, who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. He, first, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies his seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. Since then, I have dubbed this type of offering as the working believer offering. And by the way, that was 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11. The phrase up in those uh, passages or verses that says, have more than enough of everything is actually a Greek word used to describe independently wealthy. So I formed a plan. I decided that I would regularly give working believer offerings because number one, I love to give, but I'm also a businesswoman and I saw that this was a sound financial decision. So I went to the bank and I pulled out $25 and I knew exactly who I wanted to give my first offering to. I wrote a note and signed it cheerful giver. I arranged with my friend who opened the business that this individual worked at to get it to that person anonymously. I knew it wasn't much, but at the time when we didn't know if we'd eat, that $25 might as well have been $250. And it was at this point in the story that I've got my offering next to me on the couch, ready to give later that day, that I got the news about no money for the month. I knew I had to get in the right frame of mind before giving it. I mean, I couldn't do it without being in faith. It took me about an hour to recover from that phone call. And once I was ready, I drove to the business. I cheerfully gave the $25. And to this day, it is the most special of all offerings. From that point on, things accelerated and quick. I continued my offerings and each was bigger than before. I have story after story of how I knew how much I needed to give, but I didn't have it. Then suddenly I'd get this random job out of nowhere or someone would give me money and I had the exact amount and I knew it was supposed to go to the person I had in mind. Before I knew it, my business income had quadrupled, our debt was almost paid, and I was about to complete or able to complete a goal that I'd had for a long time to give away my first car, which I was able to do in February of 2021. So that was one of the keys, and I would say the biggest key is generosity. The next one was vision. So I had to cast vision, and I had to create aspiration to keep me going. So I've talked about creating vision boards for vision in past blogs. The main thing that I want to repeat here is that you don't ever want to put anything on your vision board unless it's an 8 to 10 on a scale of 1 to 10 for desire. And that comes from my good friend, Coach Greg McNeil, who does uh, the Healing Community Healing Business podcast uh, with me. We're co-hosts. So I created my vision board, and at first I had it in my office, and a weird thing happened. I would never look at it. It became part of the wall, you know, art. And so I decided that I was going to move it to my closet. And I discovered that was actually the only place where I saw it often. And I would take a moment to really stare at it. Us entrepreneurs wear many hats, but there are some hats that we don't want to wear and we don't want to know how to wear. And that's where Fiverr comes in. Fiverr puts the whole world of freelance talent at your fingertips for all kinds of things that we need done, like logo design, writing and translation, digital marketing, video and animation, music and audio, programming and tech, 
web design, and more. They even have lifestyle freelancers to help you with personal style, relationship coaching, health and fitness, and so much more. I recently used them to type the transcript of a video for me and was amazed at how fast and professional my freelancer was. You'll find high quality services at every price point. There's no hourly rates, just project-based pricing and your payments are protected. Go to sherrylovesfiverr.com and get started. That's Sherry with an I and Fiverr with two R's. Then my good friend, Coach Greg McNeil, also shared how to do an aspiration journal, which we taught in a vision workshop that we both conducted at the beginning of 2021. He had told me how to do this before, but the class really helped clarify it. So what you do is you buy a notebook or journal and a blue pen, because that helps with memory, I found out. And you write down a one to three sentence paragraph that is your definite chief aim, meaning that's the one thing that you're going to focus on for the next 90 days, six months, year, or lifetime. You write it down every day, which I did that, and then I also added more to it. For example, I'd write lists of my next immediate goals, and then I'd take maybe two to three of them and flesh them out with details. So I want to read you my very first list and then some of that. Okay, so this was September 29th, 2020, and I wrote debt-free, press 35-pound kettlebell, extraordinary successful online business, a Harley for my husband, Mike, an over-the-top true crime podcast success, uh, I have a ministry goal, uh, my eyes fixed where I don't have to wear glasses, and then my grandfather's tombstone. Uh, I was able to be debt-free May 6, 2021, so I put that date next to that. I was able to press the 35-pound kettlebell on February 13th, 2021, and hopefully this month I'll be getting a Harley for my husband. So the rest of them are, you know, in progress. So then a month later, on October 29th, I wrote what being debt-free looks like. It's freedom, more choices and options, six-month saving, quarterly trips. By the way, that was fulfilled uh, June 25th, 2021. Continued carefulness in spending, extravagant giving, use of wealth to build more wealth, health insurance. Uh, One of my dreams is funding startups, giving away cars and houses. So first car was in February. Living out in the country, investing in precious metals. And then I wrote this. I said, actually, this seems to go beyond debt freedom to wealth building. So it looks like continued focus, careful decision making, increased income and new sources of income for both me and my husband, plus continued and increased investment into working believers. So I realized when I was writing the list that there's actually a demand on my character and my decision making that was going to be required in order to fulfill this dream. So again, I always have my DCA that's in here, but then I flesh it out a little bit. Uh, I wrote this one for an extraordinarily successful online business in November 18th, 2020, and I'm still working on it. And so I want a 500k yearly income, which I'm a fifth of the way there, which requires 1,405 customers purchasing both courses, which is 117 customers a month. And I like breaking down numbers because then it really helps you to see that it's not that big of a goal. 
and then bring an influencer on, be an influencer on the scale of some of my favorites like Amy Porterfield, Jasmine Starr, Jenna Kutcher. Um, I love Go Live HQ. They're a great play, uh, great influencer brand. Ability to run ads with no thought of budget, ads that are extremely effective. Uh, I also have some staff dreams of an uh, Instagram manager, photographer, ads guru, guru, content manager, and creator. Uh, wildly successful, and I'm going to have to hold off on what that is because it's a secret project I'll be announcing soon. Speaking engagements, I'd like six weeks six week sabbaticals each year in a foreign country. I've got fun startups again, and then I have merchandise. And then I encapsulated what this meant to me. It would be freedom and doing what I love, and it ties into my wealth vision to be a job provider and form a um, an apostolic training center, which would basically be a training center for people that are entrepreneurs so that they can be influencers for Jesus in their uh, city, county, and country. So that's basically what I did, just... Every day I write down my DCA or my one thing, which is my life goal. So then I break that down and to bite-sized pieces each day, which I'm going to have more training on those types of things soon. But doing all of this trained my subconscious to filter out all of the distractions and only pursue and see, seek those things that furthered my goals. So my aspiration journal became a main driving force that helped me stay focused and disciplined. I also created hope anytime I was frustrated or feeling down by just sitting down and reading my aspiration journal or writing in it. And we're to the end. I found a way with some help from my father in heaven, of course, to pay off debt with joy, a sense of adventure and strategy. It became a fun game that I won. And I also learned invaluable lessons that I now guide my life with and share with others like you today. So here's the thing, though. At any time, we can revert. I can revert back to old ways of doing things. And so this type of work that I shared with you today actually needs to continue. I'll get a thought like, well, just charge it. You make plenty of money. That's an old thought, trying to rear its ugly head or just buy it. You've got it. That's also an old thought. And that's what got me into trouble in the first place. I was determined to learn this lesson on finances and not commit the same mistakes again. We often reduce debt payoff, savings, budgets, and other disciplines to the level of going to the dentist to get a cavity filled or a tooth pulled. It doesn't have to be that way. And if you do the things I've shared, which has been the entire purpose of this series, you will create adventure in your journey like I did. P.S. What were the monsters and scary forests that I mentioned at the beginning of our journey? Well, they were fear, anxiety doubt of myself, uncertainty, credit card offers even, hopelessness, helplessness, and really any emotion you can think you'd feel in a similar situation. Maybe you're feeling these things now. If so, I'd love to hear from you and see if I can help. Email me anytime at sherryannwilson at gmail.com. That's Sherry with an I and with an E. Until next time, my friends. I love taking quizzes, and I love making quizzes, and I've developed a quiz just for introverts. Us introverted entrepreneurs can have a rough time starting that combo, pitching our product or service, and networking in a way that produces more business, 
can be nerve-wracking and it can be overwhelming. But did you know that there are actually four introvert types? I had no idea until I began to research it. And from that research, I developed the Introvert Flavor Quiz. You'll learn which type of introvert you are, how you connect best with clients, how you best conduct business, and more. So head over to sherryannwilson.com forward slash introvert dash flavor dash quiz and find out your introvert flavor. I hope today's podcast gave you some actionable wisdom that you can do immediately for your business. I've got a lot more free training on my website at sherryannwilson.com. Sherry with an I and with an E. But before you go, please leave a kind review of this podcast. It's like giving me a hug in podcast world. Work Your Biz Like a Boss is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph?